0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, November the 1st, and yes, it is already November. You have like uh, 55 days until Christmas, so you better get out there and get those DFS Coach Talk gifts uh, from our awesome store on our website for Christmas. Uh, there's, We have some cool stuff on there, so check us out. Um, well, it was an interesting weekend. Lots of crazy sports uh, stuff, a big comeback in baseball by the uh, Astros after being down 4 nothing in the first inning. That was amazing. Uh, I was pretty fired up by that crazy Cowboys stealing a game uh, with the backup quarterback. That was fun. Uh, we did have a sporadic day of some wins, some losses. It was a, a, an interesting day across the DFS coach landscape, but we did have everybody sweating, uh, PGA, NFL, NBA, and MLB uh, throughout the weekend. So big reset now. We're ready to go for this uh, uh, week. It should be fantastic. We're going to get all our coverage here uh, like crazy at, at DFS Coach Talk like always. We'll have Andrew Hansen and his NFL gang handling the Monday night game tonight. And if you haven't listened to that podcast uh, by uh, Andrew and crash, it is up now. Uh, so go check that out um, for the Monday night game. And then they'll be uh, coming back in for the Thursday night game. And of course, all of the Sunday action. So we're Chuck load with loaded with NFL, uh, all kinds of lineups and information and love to share that with you. Baseball. Obviously we're going at least six game six tomorrow, in Houston, and if necessary, the following day, uh, Game 7. Nothing more exciting than a World Series that comes down to Game 6 or Game 7. So uh, Crash will be covering that and supplying lineups tomorrow. And then golf, Andrew and I will be uh, here Wednesday uh, to do our golf podcast for the week uh, for the tournament this weekend. And we do provide lineups for the whole entire tournament Wednesday nights, and then we do them Friday nights for the weekend only. And then our, our feature sport here at Coach Talk, the NBA, we handle seven-day-a-week podcasts for the NBA. We go every through every game on every slate, and uh, we do that in front of the paywall. We would love to have you join us, though, dfscoachtalk.com. Jump in with us, check it out. You can get as little as a three-day pass for $10 or a five-day for $19, and uh, we would love to have you. So, um, we're looking for you. As we're jumping into this, because I'm going to go strong through these nine games in the on the NBA main slate. Uh, before we start, though, thumbs up real quick if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. That's important. And a little comment. That makes a big difference. Just enjoyed the pod, whatever. Question, comment, that combination of uh, thumbs up, s- subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. And then giving us a comment means a lot and really helps us move up that algorithm on YouTube. Also, hit that little bell up in the upper corner. That alarm or alert button will let you know when any of our NBA podcasts post. And we do have podcasts in all four of our major sports. If you're listening on audio podcast, and I mentioned that today because today is the first day for a new month will be uh, announcing uh, later today in our Discord and on Twitter who our winner was for October. In order to uh, re-enter, if you uh, entered and did not win in October, uh, you can give that a shot today. All you have to do any of the podcast landing sites, whether it be Podbean, Stitcher, Amazon Music, uh, uh, I uh, what is it, iTunes, Spotify, you know, on and on. Any of them, if you can give a five star or whatever the, the top rating is, give us a quick comment. If you give us that uh, rate and review, uh, our man Joe Stanton will randomly uh, hit pick out all those names and put them in the randomizer, and someone will win a free one week membership to Coach Talk. So exciting to announce! Excited to announce that winner uh, today, and then we'll have a new contest starting today as well. All right, no further ado. Not going to mess around here. We're going to fire through these games. I want to give everybody the chance to listen to this on their lunch hour, during work, if you can, if you're allowed to do that, or on the way home from work. Uh, We're really going to try to break down these nine games and give you a good idea of what to play. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the first game on the slate. Uh, There are one, two, three games at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we have three 7 p.m. Eastern games. The first one is very intriguing. Nice over under. It's the Portland Trail Blazers at the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly is favored by five and a half. The over under is 220 and a half. Implied total for Portland, 107.5. For Philly, it's 113. As far as uh, the records for these two teams coming in, Portland is three and three. Philadelphia is four and two. And from the injury side, none reported for Portland. So that's good news on their side. And then just Riller and Simmons out for Philly. All the rest of their guys are in. So we should be good to go. This should be a really entertaining game. Um, let's talk real quickly some prices. And I'll refer to DraftKings. We do supply for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. But uh, to make it not a forever long, Podcast, we'll we'll just uh, refer to DK for these purposes. All right. Uh, you take a look at um uh the trailblazers, Dame Lillard, 9.6. He hasn't really been dame time as much this year. He's been good, he's been fine. Does he fit in this game against Philly? Uh with a decent over-under, it's possible, but uh, you know, I don't know if I want to go the nine-six. Uh, against that good interior defense from Philly. He's going to have to hit just a a load of threes in order to make his number. I mean, I always liked Lillard. I hate to not be on him when he does have one of those smash games, but I'm just not going to go up that high. McCollum's up to 8K, but a lot of stuff is running through him. I've noticed, you know, uh, Lillard actually has been allowing McCollum to run a little bit more of the offense, offense than he has in the past. Maybe that, you know, Lillard wants to keep fresher for playoff times or when those times come around. Um, After that, Nurk at 7-7. Can't go there with Joe LMB defense personally. Um, But if you want to go super cheap, you've got a couple of options here. Powell at 4-8, Covington at 4-4. But it's hard on on this big of a slate, nine-gamer, to really take shots on those guys if it's not a GPP. Um, as far as Philly, the only guys I want to mention there, I think uh, Joel Embiid, of course, at 10-3 is a decent play. Um, he, again, he's not totally smashing his numbers. And when you need, you know, a guy to get 65 or 70 to, to make you feel good about it, yeah, it's, you know, I, it seems like this is the year that you can't just plug in the high-priced guys. I mean, let's face it. The last couple of years, we would sit back We put in uh, Westbrook. We put in Harden. We put in Embiid. Uh, You know, we put those main guys, the Joker, and then you just sit back, fill in with some of the rest, and you were done. It's not happening this year. Uh, The all stars are shooting and superstars are shooting less foul shots. The rule changes affected them. And it's really even the, the playing field a little bit. So it's, you know, to get those big price guys. I'm starting to fade away from that a little. Uh, go with the, maybe that second tier, the eight, $9,000 guys. This way you can fit more in. You don't have to dumpster dive for your last couple of players. But that's what I have learned the most from this first week. I mean, we're 10 days into the season or whatever it is. Teams have played like five, six games. But you know, what, that's what I've learned so far. That rule change has made a big difference. And teams seems. Even the, the studs, like I said, Giannis, Lillard, you know, all of these guys uh, that we just felt, okay, plug them in, there's 50, 60, easy, and then we'll fill in around them. You know, that's, that's the thing I wanted to mention today the most. And, it, and I bring it up now with MB to 10-3, because, you know, my builds I'm going to try to uh, shift a little bit. Uh, you got to shift in this world in DFS because it changes all the time. And, you know, those people that continue to ride these high, high-priced high guys and they get your 40, 42 fantasy points, uh, DFS points, it's, it's not going to get you there because, you know, unless you're really lucky with uh, a secondary guy that, that blows up, but, you know, that doesn't mean you just automatically fade the Embiid's and Lillard's and Giannis's of the world. You're still going to have to play them when they're in a really good matchup, so, I uh, wanted to mention that because I think it's key. It really is. And and uh, some of the one-on-ones I'm doing with our members, we're talking about that right now. A little shift in strategy, and I think that you're going to see a difference. So, you know, I'm not sure Embiid at 10-3 really against Nurkic and Covington and, and some of that inside defense. Nance and a few guys that can block some shots. Embiid's awesome. He's playing good ball. He's always a decent play, but that is a big, big number. Um, Harris at nine one also has crept up. You know, the, that's the other thing that has changed. Uh, DraftKings and FanDuel even have really adjusted the pricing on the better players, that moved them up. So, you know, those days of playing three superstars are pretty much over. You can't even fill in with guys, uh, you know, unless you go down to min price and hope they get 10 minutes. So, you know, the pricing has also affected uh, this entire situation as well. So, uh, not really high on this game, even though it's a 220 and a half over under. Um, you will consider uh, McCollum possibly, but a little high. Powell Covington as maybe uh, bargains, and then only Embiid if I can fit him more than likely in one of my GPPs. All right, let's go to game two. It is the San Antonio Spurs at the Indiana Pacers. It's 218 and a half over under, which is low. Indiana's favored by four in this game implied for San Antonio 107.25 for the Pacers it's 111.25 so <clears throat> excuse me records here San Antonio two and four and how about Indiana Pacers are one and six ouch they have been just crushed by injuries and they have the Carlisle factor sorry I had to throw that in there um Injury-wise, Collins and McDermott remain out for the Spurs. Indiana, mixed bag of tricks here. Martin, probable. Brogdon and Levert are questionable. So hard to really break this game down, not knowing if those two guys are going to play because it changes everything. So we definitely need to follow that. Uh, Lamb is, is doubtful, and Jackson and Warren are out. So let's take a look at how this breaks out. And if there's anybody that jumps out for us on this, on this side, um, we know that rotation for San Antonio uh, Murray's just way too high. 9.2 for Murray. No, thank you. I, I don't care if he was a one and a half X guy uh, in points here That that price is ridiculous. Uh, Derek White's more reasonable at 6.4. Lonnie Walker at 4.7 is a nice little play. Uh, Jakob Purtle 7.2, you got to respect him. He's been terrific. Uh, he does go against the double bigs with Sabonis and Turner, but uh, I'd like to see Purtle go uh, south of 7K, and i jump back on him. Uh, Keldon Johnson, just too much of a GPP play at 5.7. So really, if if I went, on, you know, the bench isn't even worth mentioning to me, uh, but white and walker as a cheap one or the other, a white walker. It's back to Game of Thrones. Uh, but White or Walker are uh, both value plays that that could be utilized. All right, the Indiana Pacers. Again, how the hell, hell do you break this down if you don't know if Brogdon and Levert are going to play? So, you know, I'm not going to say a whole, a whole lot other than Pirtle's interior defense is pretty good. So not really feeling it with Sabonis at 10.1%. Uh, Turner at 5'9. It, it is tempting, uh, possibly just because of the cheap price. But, you know, Brogdon at 8'9, Lavert at 7'5. I would consider either one of them. If they play, they're announced in with no limitations. Uh, Duarte at 5'6. If both of those guys sit, Brogdon and Lavert, then I am going to play Chris Duarte. And I'm probably going to take a long look at TJ McConnell. So, again, news relevant here. Follow us on Discord uh, and on Twitter. We're at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. All right, we go to game three, the last 7 p.m. Eastern start. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers and Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte's favored by five and a half. It's a nice, juicy 223 and a half over under. Cleveland's implied 109. Charlotte 114 and a half. So you got some you got some numbers here to work with on this one for sure. Um, as far as who's out, Okoro and Pangos for Cleveland, no injuries for Charlotte Rogier. Is questionable though, because he did come back yesterday and play, played well. Will he go on a back-to-back? Um just coming back from injury. I'm not real confident of that. I think that he may sit or uh, it may be the situation where he just plays limited. So I'm going to look elsewhere. Uh, as far as the Cleveland side goes, I think Darius Garland is in play at 6.2. He's outplayed Sexton. He looks really good. Uh, he's a guy you can consider. Um, Lori Markkinen at 5'3 remains cheap and is producing. In a high-scoring game like this, he can definitely – uh, get to his number, and as long as Okoro uh, stays out, more marketing is, is definitely in play. Now, the two questions are the two bigs. It comes down to this a lot. Mobley 6'7", Allen 6'1". Um, you know, it's, it's a tough call. I think Mobley is going to have Miles Bridges uh, really outsized, but Bridges is so strong and such a jumper, it makes it tough. So don't know I'm going to go there in either direction with either big from Cleveland, but I'd lean towards Mobley over Allen. Uh, Rubio has to be considered all the time too. He's just been an absolute monster. He's 5.5 and, you know, Rozier's the best perimeter defender for Charlotte. If he sits, it definitely brings Garland and or Rubio into play for me. If he plays, it's a little bit tougher. So we're going to need that news as well. On the Charlotte side, LaMelo Ball at 8.5. It's getting a little too pricey for my liking. But if Rozier sits, Ball's probably going to be the payup guy for me. You know, you guys and gals know uh, I attacked that Garland Sexton uh, backcourt. So Ball will be in my lineup, even though he's priced, overpriced. Uh, if Rozier sits, if Rozier plays, I probably will not go there uh, except for GPP. Uh, you could look at Hayward at seven six. Uh, Okoro's a good defender. He plays Hayward tough, but he's out. Markin is not a good defender. They don't have a good matchup for him. And Hayward's my favorite guy, especially uh, for sure, hundred percent for me if Rogier sits. But I'm still going to have Gay, uh, Gayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward in uh, a lot of my builds, cash and and uh, also GPP. Seven, six is fair. I like those mid, you know, give me those mid seven guys all day long. Speaking of that, we got Miles Bridges at seven, nine. So, you know, been a fantastic player this year. He really has. Uh, Certainly you could consider him. If you're going with that mid-level build, he fits. You know, Mobley and Allen are good. They block shots, but they can uh, be beat at the rim. And Bridges can also hit some threes, draw those guys out. So Bridges... You know, it could be a Charlotte Hornets night for me, to be honest with you. This this game could be the key game. Right now, if I was forced to make a lineup, I'd probably have Garland, Hayward, and Bridges in there. But again, I, I want that news on Rozier. Plumlee at 6'3", just a smidgen too high for my liking. And then, you know, ubre has been phenomenal at 5'7". He had a breakout game the last game. I don't want to chase that game. But you do have to consider him if Rozier sits. So we just need to follow that, uh, but certainly not a good recipe when a guy throws a monster game on the board out of nowhere like that to follow him up that next day. That just never seems to work out very well. Um, P.J. Washington, okay, at 5-5. Five, five, I wouldn't play him. All right, we go to game four. <clears throat> I told you we're, we're moving today. We are moving, so get those notes ready. Get your brain ready to absorb this because I'm firing it. All right, we got a very poor over-under in this game. It's Toronto Raptors at the Knicks. Knicks by six and a half. It's only 211, and it's an implied total for Toronto, 102.25. Knicks, 108.75. Uh, interesting here, you know, there, there are some things you want to consider. If we're on our uh, mid-build price uh, bandwagon, Scotty Barnes at 6.8 fits into that. OG Ananobi at 7-4 fit into that. I like both of those guys. Another guy that I like that really kicked ass for me this weekend was Gary Trent Jr. He's playing monster minutes, and he's scoring and doing some good stuff out there, and he's only 4-8. So if you can get a sub-5 guy that's getting 30-plus minutes and producing and probably going to get Evan Fournier defense uh, or or Kemba Walker, or none of those guys in their backcourt can really defend. So uh, you know, Trent's the the man of choice right now. Wouldn't dispel uh, Barnes or Ananobi. On uh, as far as bench, I don't think we need to go that deep uh, on Toronto, especially on a nine game slate. Knicks, you know, Kemba's played better. Don't trust his minutes all the time. But you always, you know, when he's when you got Kemba at sub six, you always have to glance at it. Uh, not my favorite play, but he certainly has improved. I just don't, I can't take the, the timeshare with Rose and and Quickly and all those guys. It's just, it's frustrating. Fournier just isn't my cup of tea. I know he gets to his number. RJ uh, Barrett is up to 7K. Julius Randle at 9.7 is tough, but in this slower pace game, he's going to get some Ananobi defense maybe a little Scotty Barnes to harass them. Um, you know, I know that, that Toronto doesn't have a regular big, but the split they're getting between a chew and birch, I think is good enough. So I'm not going to go all the way up to nine, seven Randall. Um, as far as the Robinson situation at center at 5k, I, I tip dip my toe into that water, unfortunately, and it got bit off here by an alligator. So No, I know Mitch can throw five, six blocks, but he splits time. He's just not a fantastic fantasy player right now. And he sure looked like he was going to be, uh, you know, the year before last, uh, leaning into last year. But at 5K, give it a shot if you want. I wouldn't recommend it in anything but a GPP. Um, As far as that game also, uh, let's see here, we've got... A line We've got uh, also Raptors are four and three, Knicks are five and one. Um, we do know that uh, this is the, the the question here. I mentioned about Barnes. He's questionable. One report even has him doubtful. So that would really shift some things um, for Toronto with their rotation, uh, whether they go bigger with a Birch chua or, you know, uh, somebody else in that rotation gets in there because they're still – missing Siakam and Watanabe. Those are the three guys all play that small three or four position, mainly the four. So uh, we'll see where Toronto goes here. They'll certainly slow it down and try to uh, limit possessions for the Knicks. The only guy that's questionable for the Knicks is Noel. If he does play now, you've got Robinson, Gibson, and Noel at center. Yeah, uh, not even a GP pleat gpp consideration under those circumstances all right game five <clears throat> it is a 7:30 eastern game it's a washington wizards and atlanta hawks atlanta's favored by five and a half it's a nice 221 number uh 107.75 for the wizards 113.25 for the hawks very good numbers on both sides of that and then we've got uh injury wise we know Washington's been digging quite a bit. Uh, Gill, not that he's in the rotation, is probable. Same with Winston. The big questions are you've got Gafford questionable. So if he's out, <clears throat> that's going to create some issues. You've got Thomas Bryant out, we know, and Hashimura out, what, what is, we also know. Montrez Harrell, is he going to play? That's the other question. If Harrell plays, he's been a smash play. But, you know, is he healthy? Can he get in there? Uh, Are he or Gafford going to play? Okongwu uh, is the only guy out for Atlanta. So, as of right now, um, you know, we just need to see what's going to go on here. You know, Harrell has been pretty much a plug and play at at 6.7 with what he can do on the floor, especially if Gafford's out. Um, I'm all for that. If he's splitting with Gafford, then that's a bit of a concern. So I do want that news before I make any decision there. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie's now risen up to 7.3, which is a bit much for me. Bradley Bill at 10 has not been, uh, you know, he's been in in that group that I mentioned, those superstars that we used to count 60-65 like a layup, but it just hasn't happened. He's probably also going to get some DeAndre Hunter defense, which is tough. And so I'm not going Beal. KCP, if you have this stomach for it, he's only 3.8. I get it. But, you know, he did have it. Again, chasing a good game is hard to do. Uh, but, man, he's he's going to be on the floor for a lot of minutes. He's a terrific perimeter defender. Lakers definitely miss him on the defensive side. But you can go there if you want. Uh, that, you know, the, the theory of the mid-level build, Kuzma at 7-3, not bad. Um, but you know, I do really appreciate the interior defense of Atlanta with, uh, Collins and Capella in there. So not real high on Washington tonight. Um, Trey young is interesting to me at nine three, you know, this seems like the kind of game he could have the big game, but you know, again, you know, you're fearful because he throws, he's been throwing 36, 37 fantasy point games up there which is, you know, it's just not going to get it done for you at that price. Other than that, you know, I really, as much as I love DeAndre Hunter, just the split with Reddish uh, is just not, you know, palatable for me. Can't do it. And now that Gallinari's back, uh, you know, Lou Williams, they try to get some minutes. It makes it hard, but the prices are cheap on Collins and Capella comparative. So I think they're both in play. You've got Collins at 6'8", which is very fair. Capella at 7'4". So even on the low end of that mid-build, I think both of those guys need to be considered. All right, five games down, five games to go. We would love to have you at DFS Coach Talk. All I'll say is go to dfscoachtalk.com, give us a try. And I'll, and this is the thing that you need to know. When you sign up with us, regardless if it's a three-day pass for $10, a five-day for 19 Or if it's for the NFL season, the NBA season, uh, a full year, whatever you sign up for, when we send you that Discord invite and you join us as part of the Coach Talk family, you get everything that we have, including uh, inside information on statistical uh, analysis, crunchers. We have a great uh, relationship partnering with a pro football focus for our NFL stuff. It just goes on and on. We don't just provide lineups for uh, hand-built lineups. We do all the work in the background. We're following all the news on Fantasy Labs and everywhere else, posting it in Discord, staying up up to speed. And here's the thing. You get all of our sports when you join us. You don't get just one. So you sign up with us, you get everything that we've got. And that is a really good calling card that a lot of our competitors don't do. Also, you know, we would love to teach a, a bankroll management and contest selection element. I think that makes a huge difference for people to understand how important that is in being a, a long-term success in DFS. And if you follow us and work with us, I'm happy to do one-on-ones with all of our members. It allows you to sustainably grow your bankroll in DFS. That's our goal for you, regardless of which sports you play. We also focus on the four main sports in our our minds, basketball, football, baseball, and golf. We want to be the best of the best. We don't want to offer you cross-country skiing and skeet shooting. Uh, You know, I mean, God bless those guys that can provide for that stuff, but I just don't think that's the place to go. If you want the bigger tournaments, the better chance to cash, focus in, be the best at what you're doing. Don't spread it out too thin, and we've been tempted to go in – To other sports, but there's no reason. Let's dominate these, come with us at DFS Coach Talk, and let's just crush it for the long term. Game six. This game is also 730. It is the Chicago Bulls at the Boston Celtics. Very tight spread here, Boston by one. 109.25 for Boston, 108.25 for the Celtics. As far as injuries in this game, Kobe White and Patrick Williams remain out. Williams out for the year. Boston is not reporting any injuries, which is very unusual. Um so you break this down. Lower, sort of lower scoring game, but you know, this this could be a tight game. So you could get big minutes. How do you, you know, differentiate between ball, Levine, DeRozan, and Vuk, the big four for the Bulls? This has been something we've talked about pretty much every time the Bulls play. And you just have to really look at the matchups. And what I see in these matchups is I don't want to play against one-on-one against Smart, Brown, or Tatum. Those three guys are monsters. Al Horford knows how to defend. He is definitely crafty. And Robert Williams can block some shots uh, and, and get a body on people. So the matchups, you know, Boston is a pretty good team. I mean, they should win more just based on their defensive prowess. They just haven't been completely healthy and and been able to attack it. So, you know, ball at 7-7, like I say, you know, that's the other ball, but he's also mid-priced. Just, you know, the Marcus Smart defense or Jalen Brown defense, however that goes, is a little rough. Zach Levine, I think, at 9K is a little too expensive with all the the different players that that could jump into this for them. DeRozan at 8-6, also a little overpriced. Um, you know, Vuk's the guy that I'm interested in at center. He's nine, four, which is a little high, but I think he can attack some of that interior. Robert Williams is a little undersized. Grant Williams comes in. He's a little undersized. So Vuk's the play for me on, uh, the bull side of the ball, just based on matchups and recency DRPM, all of that stuff. Um, not really wanting to go deeper on the bench there. I know a lot of people played Caruso this weekend, but <clears throat> I, I'm not as comfortable at 4.1 for cash lineups, maybe for GPPs. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, I, I'm interested in the two studs here. I'm I'm probably going to play one of them. It's so close between them right now that I haven't made that decision yet. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, 8.8 and 9.9. So you do get a little relief, 1000 bucks for Brown, and he has been performing, uh, for the most part, as as well as Tatum. So, leaning a little bit that way, I like them both. I think they both could have standout games here, and that's where uh, I would go for the Celtics. Game seven, we move to an eight o'clock game. We have two of them, so we have two eight o'clock games, and then we have a real true uh, late night sweat game at ten thirty. So we get that. Big two-and-a-half-hour window for that last game. So that is always interesting. So I guess you can watch Monday Night Football, watch all that roll out, and then flip over and and catch at least the second half of the the late game. All right, the Denver Nuggets and Memphis Grizzlies. It's uh, Memphis by one-and-a-half, 216 over under. Applied total for Denver, 107.25, and for Memphis, 108.75. As far as injuries go in this game, it looks like we have uh, uh, Kanchar and Murray out. Chanchar, I can always have trouble saying it. Dylan Brooks still hasn't suited up for Memphis, and they need him. Nuggets are 4-2, and Grizzlies are 3-3. and This should be a really entertaining game. I definitely want to catch some of this game. I agree that the the spread would be this tight. Uh, So let's take a look at it. Where do we go from here? The Joker, 11K. He can be your pay-up guy. There's no question about it. You know you're going to have to lose a little bit of that mid-level build and go with a value play with a nine-game slate. There should be some big value that opens up throughout the day. So you know the Joker is a great play here. There's no question about it. Um, he's looking good. I don't think that injury is is anything. He you know they he didn't play extra minutes in that blowout game. Why would you? So, you know, Joker's in play for me. uh, And a lot of times I'll just eliminate him initially. I just think he's playing so well uh, and just looks so good. And if this game stays as close as I think it will, I think he could have a big night. Um, After that, you know, you got Barton cheaper at 5'7", a consideration, not looking at the other guys, uh, just too much much, uh, bench, not enough production. Uh, John Moran at nine, five, nine, five. He's a stud, man. He's playing. He he looks like the, like the most improved player. And he was good last year. I mean, he's knocking threes down, you know, when, when he's, if he keeps shooting 40% plus from three with the explosiveness and speed that he has. And then once they eliminate that breakaway foul next year, which they will uh, forget it. I mean, guys like Morant and Darren Fox, those guys that can get out and run that break, lights out because they're not going to get fouled like they are now. And it's going to be, you know, two on three on twos, two on ones. I uh, can't wait to see that. But Jaw at nine five, it's tempting, but man, is that a high price? He's up there with the big boys. So I'm not sure that I definitely want to go there. I have more interest in the other two guys, uh, D'Anthony Melton at five seven and Desmond Bain at five three. Uh, Bain especially, you know, he's taken a big, much bigger role as second year player, as a scorer, playing with a lot more confidence. I think uh, both of those guys are interesting to me, leaning towards Bain. Uh, Triple J, 5'4. you know, he gets Aaron Gordon defense. Aaron Gordon's a shutdown defender and he gets in foul trouble. I'm not on the Triple J bandwagon. Uh, Steven Adams at 4-9, he'll have his hands full. Uh, probably getting a little foul trouble, and if he does, uh, the Joker just should crunch the other guys that come in, Tillman or or Clark or whoever they try to play at the big or Triple J, so uh, even another reason to like the Joker here. All right, the other 8 p.m. game, Orlando Magic at at Minnesota Timberwolves. It is Minnesota by nine. They're playing some good ball. 216 is the over-under. One oh three and a half for Orlando. One twelve point five for Minnesota. Injuries. Orlando still has their huge amount. Gary Harris questionable, and then guys that are out. MCW, Fultz, Isaac, Moore. Same group. So we're basically uh, down to the same, uh, you know, matchup here. Orlando's one and six. Minnesota's only three and two, but definitely uh, playing much better than they had before. No no injuries listed for Minnesota. So where do we look at here? Cole Anthony is all the way up to 7-2, but he's played like a 7-2 guy. I don't respect Russell and Edwards' defense, although Edwards is really improving defensively. Keep an eye on him, because if he starts playing both ends of the floor and improves the way he has so far defensively, he's going to be a monster. Um, but Cole Anthony at seven two fits that medium build. I think that that he's over seven is going to scare some people. It was so nice when we could put Cole Anthony in there at four eight and five two and whatever he used to be. Uh, it was awesome. But I still like him here. I think he's got a good uh, a good potential to do well. Uh, after that, you know, it's it's interesting. Mo Bamba at seven one, uh, has some interest there. He's been so consistent. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see though, if he's drawn out, if Kat's going to get a bunch of threes and get him away from the basket. That's the only thing that scares me on that price tag. Wendell Carter still is at five, seven, and he continues to produce decent, decent DFS numbers. I think you got to consider him, uh, as well off the bench, you know, a little deeper now with Ross and Okiki. If Harris plays Hampton plays the other Wagner brother. Bronze at 5K as a starter, not bad. I just am not crazy about either the McDaniel's or uh, Vanderbilt matchup defensively. But if you know, if you want to go cheaper, he is certainly remains an option on the Minnesota side. You know, D'Angelo Russell at 7'6. I think I'd rather have Cole, believe it or not. Uh, and that I wouldn't have said at the beginning of the season, but that's just the way it's gone. I mean, you're getting Patrick Beverly playing a nice chunk of time at the point. And I think that takes a little away from Russell. Um, I like Anthony Edwards. He's eight two, which is very pricey. Uh, I just think he can pay that off against the the Suggs uh, and Ross and Harris, whoever's playing defense defense against him. I think it's it's just the matchup is better for him from a, a defensive real plus minus standpoint, um, and his effective effectiveness should be at a high level tonight. So. Uh, if I'm hoping I can get the salary because I wish he was a little cheaper, but at eight two I think he's a really good a good play. Cat at ten five, you know, is is he going to be the big spend up guy? You know, I I'd rather go with the Joker for five hundred bucks more. It comes down to that. So I you know, do I think Cat could have a monster game? Absolutely. I mean, I'll probably have him in that my coach's clipboard, but I would favor Joker for Jokic for just that extra 500 bucks. All right. Last game, 1030 sweat game, Oklahoma city thunder at LA Clippers. It's only a two and a half and it's an 11 point favoritism for the Clippers. So you get the double whammy here, which we see a lot in thunder games, double digit favorite uh, for the Clippers and a low lower over under 100.75 implied for the thunder uh 11.75 for the Clippers. As far as any injuries in this game, none reported for the teenagers of Oklahoma City. A lot for the Clippers. Uh, question mark on Johnson. He may or may not play, but we know that Abaka, Leonard, Morris, and Preston are out for the Clippers. Clippers are one in four. How about that? And the Thunder one in five. So Clippers desperate for a win here. You know, does this game blow out thunder on the West Coast road trip? Scary. And I mean, you of course, you want to have some exposure in this game because, again, it's that late night game. It's nice to at least have somebody going. Not that that should affect you if, if, if they rank way below. Don't just play them because it's the late game. But there are some good prices here. I think uh, Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander at seven, eight. He falls in the upper echelon of that mid-tier build, but he's perfect fit in that build. Um, he's going to get Jackson and Bledsoe defense, which isn't phenomenal. But when Man comes in, Man is a pretty good defender, so that'll bother him. Uh, you know, really, that that's going to be a big thing. I'm going to go back through uh, quite a bit of information here and look at the matchups uh, when the Thunder and Clippers have played and determine in that rotation with this new team, with Bledsoe wasn't on the team before. So we have to make some assumptions and see how much uh, man is uh, going to, to play him. So uh, we'll check that out and make that determination later on Shea. Uh, as far as the other cheaper guys, you know, Josh giddy has been terrific. He's 5'2", but he's probably going to get Paul George defense. And that that's enough, you know, for me to, to back off of him. But at 5-2, the guy's got triple-double potential, and he's getting big minutes. Uh, somewhat uh, blowout proof proof, uh, proof as well. So a consideration there. Uh, the other guys are cheap, but you can't trust them. I mean, if you want to play Dort, I get it at 4-6, but he doesn't smash the slate. Baisley, uh, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Derek Favors, Kenrich Williams, Teo Maladon, Pogacheski, Roby, it's just, it's a, it's a mess and they're not good. They, they play a lot of guys. Uh, they have a million draft picks and they're probably going to have the worst record in the league possibly. So yeah, it's hard here because you don't want to put much stock in this late game if it is going to blow out. Um, but if some reason the thunder keep it close, I mean, they were down 26 on the Lakers and came back to beat them, which was the craziest thing I've seen thus far this season so you just never know in DFS. So, you know, that's that's somewhere you have to look at. If if I do go with Shay, I would like to have a guy to come back with on the other side. Paul George at 10-7, though. I mean, he's another guy. It's in that upper echelon that, you know, can he get 65 or 70? Yes, he can, but he hasn't been doing it. So, you know, you can keep spending up for these guys and have them, you know, three and a half, 4X or, barely squeak in a 5x and maybe you need that you know maybe those points are important but at 107 I just can't do it. Um, I get it and it's be nice to be able to you know sit on that late game with with Paul George in, in your back pocket. but just I think you gotta sacrifice too much on your build uh, prior to that. Uh, not interested in all those bench guys and Zubots, hartenstein, all that baloney. I do think, like I say, I would like to come back with either Jackson or Bledsoe on the other side. Bledsoe's been much improved, by the way. He is definitely playing better. Um, you know, you got Reggie Jackson at six and Eric Bledsoe at four, seven. Dort's going to spend his time on Paul George, so we don't have to worry about that. And the other defenders, you know, for the Thunder just aren't at the level of like a Dort. So I think Jackson or Bledsoe will definitely be in my lineup as a cheaper option. So it would feel good to go like Shea and Reggie in this last game and have the backcourt uh, guys ready to roll. That's certainly a possibility for me uh, as we uh, look to try to balance out this slate. All right, my friends, I moved as quickly as I could. My goal was 45 minutes. I'm at 44. That's pretty damn good. Uh, Hopefully everybody gets a good chance to check this out. Nine game slates in the NBA are absolutely wheelhouse. I like that 8 to 15 games. That's my favorite uh, area to, to play in. I think it gives us a big edge in the industry. And uh, we'd love to have you DFScoachtalk.com come and join us. And uh, for my basketball partners, Mr. Andrew Hansen, Mr. Josh Crash Davis, and for our entire team at DFS Coach Talk, I am Joe Sarvati, and we will look to crush it again tomorrow in DFS.